Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is as my always. co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. As hey. always, every other day, every other week that's of the right. month. Every other weekend or every other day. That's right. that's right. Well, as long as you take pride in being here, that's all I'm asking. When you are here, you take pride in it. Uh, I am excited to be here today. Well, I'm excited to have you back. Did you get that co- that Halloween costume all made up? <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking for a few more stitchings to get done. There you so, go, there yeah. you go. Yeah. But no, we were, uh, I was, you know, missed you last week, but I was glad Deacon Jeff stepped in and, uh, you know, we talked about uh, a few things last week and you know, it was fun, but I'm glad to have you back today. And, and you know, we, one of the things that we've been wanting to talk about for a while and is actually a big topic, it's hard to really kind of specifically talk about portions of right. it. It's almost amazing we haven't talked about it yet yeah well it's so. it's the sin of pride right you know and and really we have talked about it in a lot of different aspects because pretty much every sin comes from the sin of pride mm-hmm. i mean it, it stems from that um it's just something that that we all deal with we're all familiar with um a lot of us don't want to you know we don't want to admit it because we have pride and we don't admit that we have pride right, so. right. well and sometimes some of us we think it's a little s mm-hmm. pride could be just a little bit of a sin sure but no, well, it's a it's a huge one. It, it is. is. It's a huge one. So See, that's like, me thinking. No, I'm not that bad. But yeah, that's am, right. Yeah. Well, as long as you have pride in the fact that you don't have pride, that's, right. that's all. <laughs> but no, like there's first of all, what I want to do is define. And I was reading some Fulton Sheen, and he had a pretty good definition of it. He said, "Pride is an inordinate love of one's own excellence, either of body or mind, or the unlawful pleasure we derive from thinking that we have no superiors." So that's a that's a pretty good definition of it. It's just pride can can rear its ugly head in so many ways. It's just you know being too prideful to admit when you're wrong, too prideful to admit that you need someone else, like God, for instance, or you know just looking at what you have and others don't. I mean, just being prideful in so sure. many different ways. So what he's saying is like I'm the beginning and the end of myself, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nothing nothing else will affect me other than what I do. Right, and that's yeah. one thing too. Another form of pride you can have is someone tries to come to you and talk to you about something that's that you know you might be a character flaw or something that you're doing you know maybe morally wrong or not you know or something that needs to be pointed out in your behavior but not being willing to accept like that. annoying yeah. you know well yeah. just thinking about the <laughs> fact that i don't have anything wrong with me right, right. like yeah. i don't you know you may say that but that's your opinion and i don't believe it and, and i move on so there's a lot of different things that uh that talk about pride and and you know, obviously that was the sin that started it all, right? That's the one where Satan revolted against God because he was full of pride and, and God expelled him from heaven. And then we, we wind up in the garden and he uses that very same sin to lure Adam and Eve into uh, taking a bite from the apple and getting us all into the mess that we're in. Sure. Like you don't have to listen to God. You can do your own thing. Right. right. Like, yeah, he doesn't want you to be like him. Right, yeah. you, you can be just like him if you eat this. So that's where it all started in. You know, I had a quote from C.S. Lewis that really talked about it well, too. He says, according to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was the it was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. 
It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. So there you have it. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what he's saying, that it it came from from the devil having that pride that was cast out of heaven and then now into Adam and Eve and, and, and the devil using that. And he's still using that today in so many ways. You know, we've... I was thinking about that, you know, before I before I got here, and you know, we always like to give examples in our own lives, and I can think of so many where I had pride in my own life. I mean, there's just a million fights I've had with my wife where I knew that I should apologize, or I knew I was wrong, or even if I wasn't wrong, there should be an apology and a an attempt to move forward. But I was too good for that. Why should I be the one that apologizes, right? Why why can't it ever be her? Why shouldn't she come to me? And, and we can let pride get in the way and damage a lot of our relationships in our life right. with friends and, you know, unforgiveness, you know, things that people do to us. And, and we can harbor that and, and, and allow, you know, just that pride to, 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 one, cut off graces for someone else who's not able to receive forgiveness and move forward, but also ourselves who aren't able to, to heal that wound and move forward. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we converted to Catholicism, right? Mm-hmm. You're married to an Italian Catholic. I'm married yep. to an Irish Catholic. Yeah. So, that, you know, there's a little bit of that kind of like that, what do you call that, moxie that's kind of like... <laughs> Be in order, and I know. I love them. I'm, you know, yeah. love my wife. But like I said, being Irish Catholic, guess what? You know, there's going to be... This, there's there's heat, there's heat. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I want to get defensive. And therefore, like you're saying, I want to do everything I can to what? To not want to mm-hmm. be the first person to give in. And that's what the pride is. And like you're saying, a lot of our marriages... We, we kind of come with that conflict where we uh, we know what we should do, mm-hmm. but we choose not to do it because we want to be seen as right or just to further complicate the situation. Sure. Right. Well, and think about how that leads to other things. Like you get in a fight with your wife and you say, you know, well, the heck with her. I'm not apologizing. I've done that. I've, I've said I'm sorry enough. It's her time to say that. And then you move into other things. What does that move you into? Selfishness, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to do anything she wants me to do. I'm not going to do anything anybody else wants me to do until she apologizes. So that pride has now moved you into selfishness. Um, you know, if you start doing things like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give my time to her or anything. You become greedy in that way with your time. I mean, there's all these other things that's, that spawn from the, the, the sin of pride. Um, so, I mean, there's so many. With my, my drug addiction, for instance, you know, I had pride of thinking I could handle that on my own. You know, I kept telling myself, oh, I'll quit one day. I don't need anybody's help. When I get done, when I get tired, when I'm through having fun, I'll stop. I don't need anybody. I don't need God. I'm, I don't need anybody else in my life telling me what to do. I'm successful. I got money. I got a beautiful wife. I got kids. I got a house. I got cars. I can do whatever I want. You know, I don't need anything or anybody. And God humbled me pretty quickly with all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it comes to a point where you realize that that pride gets so heavy that you tip over, you fall, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like there's a verse from Proverbs that I had here that was, um, it's Proverbs 16, 18. It says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Yeah. That's the one that pretty much everyone has heard. Yeah. 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 Say well, it again one more time. Yeah, Cause I says, think it's important. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Right. And it just tells you like, if you're going down this road of pride, if you're, if you're so full of yourself or you're not allowing God to work in your life, you're not inviting him into your life and you're and and you're just man just mired down in this 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 uh sin of pride, you're there's there's a, destru- a destruction coming, there's a fall coming that that never winds up good. God is not sure. going to allow you to walk around. And you may see it coming, but you regard regardless you still continue to see him path. Right, because right. of the pride, right? right. I don't I, I don't need anything or anybody. I'll be okay. 
even if I do slip up, I'll, I'll find a way out of it. I'll, I mean, I can tell you for hours all the stuff I told myself, you know, and was just so full of pride until the Lord humbled me. I mean, he, when you're, like I've said before, I'm sitting in that jail cell looking around my life going, how did I wind up here? You know, I have nothing or nobody. And God, the thing is, when you, when you allow that pride to take that much precedence in your life and to cause you to sin and so many other vices, I mean, it really is the king of vices, then God is going to sit you down and say, look, you need to get out of your own head. Mm-hmm. It isn't about you. And that's what he did in my life. And then he's able to, to sort of take that, that piece of pottery that's been built up and just smash it and get it back down to that base layer of clay and start building it back up. And, and we see that so much in the gospel. You know, we, there's, there's a story of, I was thinking of some today, there's a story of the tax collector and the Pharisee, that, that parable that Jesus tells about, you know, the Pharisee and the tax collector, they're in the temple praying at the yeah. same time. Thank goodness I'm not like him. Right. right. That's yeah. what he said. He said, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity. I mean, how prideful is that right. to ever say like the, re- not just one person, the rest of humanity. Yeah. So everyone else in the world, I am better than, Right. Uh, or even this tax, like this tax collector, and then he says, "I fast twice a week. I tithe." How many times have we done that in our life, right? Where we start telling God how good we are. You know, I've done this. I've done that for you. What are you mad at me? Why are you withholding something for me? Why? Why should I feel guilty that I'm not living a life for you? I do all this yeah, stuff, why, God. Why, why are you not let me yeah. win the lottery? Do you yeah. really want me to sit down and recite <laughs> yeah. to you all the things I've done, God? Because right. I'm, I don't really have the time, right? And that's, we get so prideful and full of ourselves and, and our ministries, much like the Pharisees, you know, if you're in ministry or any other thing in life, but there seems, you know, now that I'm involved in ministry, you see it there too, where things become about us and not God, right? I could easily say, this is my podcast. There's going to be, look at how good I am. Look at the smart things I have to say. Look at all of these things. These people's lives are changing because of me. That is so, so far from the truth. And it repulses me to ever even hope you know, get to a point like that. There's temptations well, I'll make sure that come. You won't. Well, yeah. thank you for that. That's why I have accountability <laughs> and friends. That's right. But there's a lot of things out there that I've seen in ministry now that people get to that point. It goes to your head. And it's easy when you start having people going, Man, that article you wrote's good. Or man, I saw that video you did. Or, you know, hey, I saw you're speaking to people out on the road now. And, and I'm just talking about myself, I'm talking about any of these guys mm-hmm. out there in the world doing this. And and I, I'll be honest, I mean, I felt that temptation. That temptation to start doing the old gorilla beating the chest thing and, and and start going, you know what, I am pretty good. I am you know what, I am doing stuff for people. But I have thank God thank goodness that I'm surrounded by good people like you and D Jeff and my family and my friends and, and my wife especially that say, Hey man, like look, this is you, you, that's a dangerous path to turn down. But there's a lot of people if you look around to get that way. And it becomes about and you see it in some of these pastors around the world that all of a sudden they're in these massive churches and 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 I'm not just talking about our Protestant brothers. There's priests that can get the same way, but Protestants are a little bit easier to see because they haven't taken the vow of poverty and you see you see the money and the huge churches and everything's becomes the about big, that personality, right? right? right yeah. If I was to leave this whole church would fall. And and it can't ever be like that. But it's something that, that the devil uses to get to all of us, whether you've given your life to God and you're in full-fledged ministry or just the average guy or woman trying to live your life every day. Right. It's something that if we're not, if we leave it unchecked, if we don't realize it, if we're not always on the lookout for it, we can really, really get in a bad place because of pride. Right. And there's a saying that I remember when I was in seminary, a uh, professor who, oddly enough, he was um, Anglican and became Catholic, Dr. Knickerbocker. And uh, he, he said one thing is that the problem issue he has with a lot of these... Uh, um, evangelistic um, churches, you know, that are big, 
is that he says these people fall in love with the lights and not the light. Well, there you go. And uh, it always stuck with me because the thing is, you know, he, he was saying that everyone has been given unique gifts by God. And we get to the point where we don't thank God for the gifts. We, we you know, praise ourselves for a while, how good I am at singing or how good I am at uh, preaching or giving the homiletic, you know. And what's going to happen is that that gift that was given to you specifically, you know, you don't praise God for it, thank God for it. And what's going to happen is that you're going to lie on it and it becomes prideful. Mm-hmm. It's not a gift anymore. It's almost like a curse. Well, and that's where you see a pride. I mean, we've had a lot of famous priests in the church and other other speakers that have had falls, right, where they messed up and they've said something they shouldn't have or they thought, you know, I'm bigger, you know, I've gotten to such a status now that I'm pretty much untouchable or people, so many people listen to what I have to say. It doesn't matter. I have free reign to say what I want. And you see these guys fall. And when you do, there's a great dose of humility that comes yeah. with it. And we've done a show on humility. You know, this is basically the opposite of that show is as we're talking about the negative effects of not having humility. But, you know, if you look at it, it, it like what we talked about in the beginning with the fall, you know, there was so much prize and so much self, you know, exaltation by the devil raising himself up to, to fight God, to say, I am better than you. I deserve your position, you know, and then also Adam and Eve saying, you're right. We're better. We're just as good as God. We should be as smart. Give us the apple. All of those things. You see the reason that Jesus came to earth the way that he did, right? The, that he didn't, you know, people can often wonder why didn't Jesus just show up with like a band of warriors and riding on, you know, this mighty steed and born into a, a palace or a royal family yeah. bloodline. Or, mm-hmm. But you see sort of the answer to that. You know, such self-exaltation and, and, you know, raising up of oneself had to be answered in the complete opposite different way. So now you can sort of understand better why did Jesus come and why was he born in a manger? Why was he born in animal filth and, and in a trough, a feeding trough and all of these things? It's because that was the exact opposite answer the, the counterpunch to pride was to show up in that great humility. And so as we look at that and we say that we have to live our lives like Jesus, that's what we have to start doing is looking at that humility. You know, his own people, the, the disciples, you know, they're walking with Jesus every single day from sunup to sundown, you know, left their families, everything. And yet, you know, in, in the middle of Luke, I think it's Luke 22 around the 22nd or 24th uh, verse, we hear them start saying, who is the greatest among us, right? They're walking with the most humble person to ever live, who is doing nothing for himself, unless you want to count going off to pray, but that's really for the father. And all of a sudden they start debating in front of him, who's the greatest among us? And what does he do? He squashes it immediately. He says, those who wish to exalt themselves will be humbled. And those that will humble will be exalted. I mean, those that's the same thing that's said during that parable with the Pharisee and the tax collector. Is if you are going to go down that route, Jesus is basically saying, you cannot walk with me. You know, until you have realized it, until you've turned around. Because there is no place for that in the life of a Christian. Right. You know, and that's that's what we've got to come to understand. Is that this is so easy for us. And there's no one that that is... That is um, impervious to this right except for the one jesus christ himself we all have a have a natural uh dispensation to this i guess you could say that we all can fall so easily to it so we've got to be on our guard all the time and and like i said it comes in so many different ways i mean if you look at atheism that is pretty much pride in itself i don't need god there is no need for a god in my life i am the god of my life 
That is what you're saying basically when you're an atheist is I don't see any need for that. I can live my life alone without any greater power, any higher thing. So atheism is a big part of pride. There's, you know, like we talked about earlier, the intellectual vanity, right? There, there's that. There's a lot of people out there that I know the truth. I know everything I need to know, and you can't tell me a thing. I don't need to listen to you. You're nowhere near where I am. And there's no need for us to even have a conversation. There's that, and you see that in a lot of people today, right? My point of view is the way it is, and that's it. And so there's a lot of that. Uh, snobbery, I'm better than others, right? Like I, Just like the... the the tax collector, I mean, the, the Pharisee, the tax collector. And that's how they spent their whole life, right? Are these rules are for everyone else but us. Jesus calls them out on that all the time, just over and over again, when they're pointing out the things other people aren't doing, and yet he's saying, look at your own self, like remove the wooden beam from your own eye. All of those things that we hear about are these these things that stem from pride. Right. You know, there's, oh, as you were talking, I was thinking of this, Ed, that, uh, you know, when we teach our children, our kids to be one appreciative, nice and kind and so forth. But then when they get involved in sports, we do the exact <laughs> opposite. We go, you got to have a killer mentality. You got to be aggressive. You got to do this. You got to take the ball from that person, you know. And, um, and, and maybe like sports, for me as a young kid, that's where the, the initial understanding what pride really was mm-hmm. because I had, I was, followed a, a, a football team that was really big in the 80s and the 90s but now it's struggling very much so so humble pie is something i've been eating a long time you know <laughs> and so i just kind of let it roll off my back now but when i was a little kid i remember i got so worked up that if they lost a game like the rest of the weekend i was i was a wreck you mm-hmm. know because i put so much energy into that and and there's some of us walking around as adults with the same mentality not just with sports but with like, man, I didn't get that bonus or, you know, did everything I could and, and it didn't come, go my way. And, and they almost not curse God, but they look up at God or, you know, or something else that they use to where they can blame others instead of looking inwardly. Mm-hmm. No, you're, that's exactly right. And that's the way, I mean, it just, it probably could sneak itself in so, so many different ways in our life. And, and, you know, that, that's the thing too, we can, we can inherently, uh, teach our children that too, from what you're saying through the through the sporting things and you know the way we behave in front of them and all those. Like, oh yeah. I mean, honestly, that's that's what kills me. You see these parents going nuts at these soccer games, yeah. and like my girls, they're six years old, and there are people like forcibly screaming and yelling, and the coaches are yelling like they're 20 years old, and you're going like, what are you teaching these yeah. kids that I, like you want to win? What they just want to get out there and kick a ball and have fun and laugh, like. They don't care if they kick it in the wrong goal. They're just having fun. But we rob them of that through our own pride because we want to win. We don't want to be on a losing team. Our parish needs to beat that parish because there's some stupid rivalry we've had for years. Right. And there's all of these things that we can get the same way in our parishes and our parish life, right? Mm-hmm. That church is the one with all with all the they get everything. They, they get, get all the speakers. They, they get all, all the money. money. They get right. all of this. And we're over here, we're the blue collar and they're the white collar. And, we think that pride only works one way, right? That it's always the ones that have more that are looking down on the other ones. Right. But it can also be the ones that, that have less that are looking up the other ones in the same prideful way. Yeah. If they just knew how it was to live this way, right? They'd come off that high horse and they'd start understanding what it means to be a Christian. You know, you can get it from all sides. And that's why it's so important to talk about how all-encompassing this can be. You can be the gal on the street with nothing or the guy living in the mansion on the hill. You can have that pride and that egotism. And that's the other part of it. Is is really you call it ego? That this just that I've got the way I feel about myself. It doesn't matter what anybody says or anybody does about it. 
And you know, Fulton Sheen has another quote about something that the way this ends speaks about that because you you mentioned something about the things we're doing too, and that's you know we can get into that with with our spiritual life and the fact that I'm doing enough, right? Yeah. Just what I'm doing in my own personal life. I if you guys knew what I'm doing, you wouldn't even ask me to come join this or be a part of that or because I'm doing so much in my spiritual life already. Whether that means I'm going to church on Sunday or that means that I've got these other things I'm doing. But Fulton Sheen says, pride being swollen, egotism, it erects the human soul into a separate center of origin apart from God, exaggerates its own importance, and becomes a world in and for itself. All other sins are evil deeds, but pride insinuates itself even unto good works to destroy and slay Mm. them. So, okay, so what I get from that is like we're, we're very good at ignoring or shutting our own eyes or our deficiencies, but yet we look at our at our good stuff, you know, what do you call our gifts with the magnifying glass and try to show everybody how good we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that? No, yeah, that, okay. that, yeah, that's exactly right. And and that's the thing. When, when we start going out there, and that's why when we have to be so careful yeah. about why we're doing things, right? Like For instance, if we were doing this show to be popular and to gain money and to gain fame, that is the incorrect reason to do no. this. God has given us some gifts and an opportunity through, you know, the gifts of Deacon Jeff to 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 see something and to want to help foster that, and 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 so we're trying to answer that call in our lives. But the moment that becomes something else, the moment it becomes ulterior motives and ulterior reasons for doing things, is when we take a good deed. Pride takes a good deed or a good work and destroys and slays it. The way he says, when you when you start doing things, you know maybe you know going to help the poor or. If you're going to pray a rosary in front of Planned Parenthood and you're you're turned towards the camera and you're smiling for the camera every time there's a picture taken, instead of concentrating on just the reason you're there and what you're doing, you know, that becomes something something different and something else. And the thing is, some people may not see through that, but God always does. And and, and that takes you back to the warning of the fall of that that verse of you know, pride comes before destruction. Eventually the people are going to begin to see through that. So we've got to always be praying into Lord, help me remain humble. Help me to to do things because you ask me to do them, not because I'm seeking recognition or validation or or you know money or you know exaltation or any of this stuff from from anything. Just make me do this because I love you and I want to be part of your life and I want to be better. And that's the same way that we have to go into our life. You know it, it in our in our relationship with our wives and our children and our friends we we have to go about that in all humility to, to you know when we're when we're at the when we're at the bottom when we when we voluntarily lower lower ourselves to the bottom level to the ground floor there's nowhere else to go right you can go up but if you're at that bottom point and you try to keep yourself up you know you start realizing up oh, I'm about to hit that uh, what's that What's that game you used to play on the roller skate, the limbo? I'm about to hit that limbo stick. Mm-hmm. I need to lower myself back down. That's where we always got to, we have to keep ourselves and where we have to operate from is that place of humility. Because if we don't, we're going to leave a path of destruction. And and, and and that's the thing. You see so much of these, these great falls of, of in the secular world, these superstars, right? They got everything. They got money. They got everything you could, you know, a human life would ever hope for, for, for protection and stability and all of those things. But look how many of them fall, right? Like, I can do whatever I want, and there'll be no consequences because I'm above the law, right? I got everything that you would ever want. Nobody's going to mess with me. I'm famous. I'm this. And what happens? You see so many of them run off to rehab, and so many of them lose. Look at Mike Tyson. He made, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars, and he still owes 
Showtime and like Don King and all these people, millions of dollars because it just got to the point where I'll never fall, right? I'm invincible. And that's what pride becomes is this sense of invincibility that nothing can ever happen to me. I'm in a place in my life that is sustainable. It's, it's, it's impervious. And what we find out very quickly is it's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were, you were saying again, it was, uh, St. Gosh, I'm gonna be so wrong on this, but St. Bosco, um, the guy who did all like the uh, orphanage the youth stuff. stuff, yeah, yeah, he invented kickball, I think. Is it kickball, <laughs> dodgeball, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he said something before he prayed. He's like, he said, "God, I'm just an insect that yeah. could be crushed, you know, by simplicity, you know." And uh, I was quite amazed by that because you know a lot of things when when you humble yourself in such a, a matter, not to point where yourself abusing yourself. But when you say something like that, you already set that your mindset, this is everything that has been given to me, I have done, is because you have ordained it to be done. Right. It's because of your goodness, not your my goodness, own. Right. And that's what we have to look at is by His grace. It's always by His grace. It's never by our own. So, you know, as we get towards the end of the show here, me and Tom's flown, you know, talking about this is an easy subject. But I want to talk about a couple things. You know, people always want to plan. Practice humility. Put others first and value the opinions of others in your life. Second, guess yourself always. If you're in, and that's people go, what? But I'm talking about if there's something you're doing, second guess it. Stop for a moment and think, am I doing this for others and for God first? Or is it for me? That is a fail safe way to figure out where your intentions are and if they're pure and if they come from humility instead of pride. Second of all, pray, pray for humility always. Begin your prayer like you said, Lord, it's not me, but you. I'm here on my knees before you so you can tell me what's right in my life. Pray the litany of humility. That will humble you. If you pray that every day, you will come to another level of humility. It is hard to say some of those things in that prayer and to truly mean them. But the more you say it, the more you practice it, the more you can believe it in your life. And that's what we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to put up this wall. We've got to break down the walls in our hearts uh, You know, that are built up of pride and egotism and make room for Jesus, that humble humble son of God that will come into your life and will help you with this. But you've got to be humble enough to ask for his help and not be yes. prideful yeah. and not say, Lord, I don't need you in my life. So as you know, as we come to the end here, guys, if, if you're not doing that, men and women do it because it is something that will change your life. It is something that will keep you away from all these other sins that we can so easily fall into. So pray for humility each and every day in your life. Stay away from the sin of pride. All right. So let's close in a prayer. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, pride is the most dangerous sin of all. We know that it opens the floodgates for every other sin in our lives. Help us to break down the walls of pride and egotism that reside within our hearts. And Father, whenever pride starts to rear its ugly head, remind us for the need for great humility in our lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.